Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Shave. This is your host, Sports Guy David, with my co-host, Lucas Reyes, and my special guest co-host, Anthony Lomelli, also known as Hollywood Herbert Hype Man, if I got that correct, and um, also a host of Blitz for Bolts, Blitz the Bolts podcast. Um, how you doing, Anthony? I'm so glad to have you on here. Uh, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Um, I could be doing better. I mean, I think if the team would have came out with a win yesterday, I'd be doing a hell of a lot better. But I mean, given the circumstances, I'm doing quite all right. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think I would be a lot better too, Lucas. I know. I know you're probably um pretty <laughs> upset as well. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm angry. There's a lot of stuff to get to. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of things we could break down. Um, yeah. I mean, this tough loss though yesterday, and I, I just don't know where I'm at with this team yet with my feelings. I don't know. I'm butthurt. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to jump right into it. Let's talk about the stuff. Um, you know what? Let's talk about the stuff we didn't like. Let's get that over over with right now. Um, so um, I think what I was very vocal about, especially on Twitter, was I think the play calling. And I feel like we're broken record, Lucas um, and um, Anthony. Mm-hmm. We're, it, it's the play calling, right, Lucas? Give me, give me – what do you think about this play calling? Was it that third and 22 that did it? Because that's the one that did it for me. Uh, calling a screen on third and 22 – does it for me um but okay. what, what does it do for you give me give me give me your analysis on that well okay so everyone wants to point to the play calling and i think that in a certain way it is the play calling but first we have to talk about the execution and what what we're seeing on the field first and you know this is something that goes back to last year is the turnover problems that the chargers had um since philip rivers and what as long as justin herbert he looks good but as long as he keeps turning over the ball and the Chargers have a losing outcome, this is all going towards Anthony Lynn's... Um, this is all in his favor as far as his argument for starting to rod. And, and um, you know, it, 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 that's just the truth of the situation. Is As long as these, are, these games are L's and there's turnovers, that is um, something that he's been preaching. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like validating his argument of why they're losing the games. Now, I want to talk about the execution for a little bit because um, these play calls... These drives that stopped because of these uh, turnovers really stopped with some really nice-looking drives. I mean, you have to talk about the first, the Herbert turnovers. The fumbles looked bad. They looked like inter- um, incompletions to me. Um, we could talk about the referees and all that. There's, like, so, so much drama that went down yesterday. But first, uh, those those are rookie things that Terod hasn't shown us yet, right, as far as um, turnovers. So, then you also have another young guy in Josh Kelly who fumbled the ball as well. So these are the rookies making huge mistakes that are stopping drives. And then also on the reverse call, a lot of people want to go back and, and get on um, Anthony Lynn and Steichen's head for that reverse call because that was a good drive that they were going um, – that they had. And then that reverse, looking back at that play, it's really just the pitch's fault. Like the, the pitch onto Mike Williams, maybe if that was better or if that exchange is better – then that's actually a big play going on. Like, their misdirection plays are really nice. They're drawn up nice. Like, those are good play calls. There's some nice screens to Eckler going around. And even to the very end, the execution on the lateral, on the hook and ladder was, wasn't the best right there. So I don't think play calling isn't the worst. I think it's a balance of the play calling and the execution because what you got to have now is you have to have play calling that is around this team that they that you know that they can handle the assignments and stuff that you can you have a rookie quarterback some rookie running back in there um taking snaps from Austin Eckler rotationally like you have young guys in there that are going to make mistakes so when Anthony Lynn after the game is saying yeah that's on me I can respect that because you have to call those plays that will make be mistake free because look at the Patriots now the Patriots on the other side of the um 
in New England, they don't have no one on offense coming into the season, and now there's no excuses around them as far as the execution. They know how to work with what they have on paper. So right now, I think the play calling has to be more focused on making sure you're calling plays that you know your team can't mess up. Um, I want to see more of really solid runs and 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 just long sustained drives. These, these turnovers stopped a lot of drives that took points off the board. So um, look, I, that's just my feeling on the play calling situation. What about you? Uh, I'll let Anthony speak on it. So as far as the play calling goes, I mean, it kind of gets – you can kind of be able to read the offense after you run, like, a first down run, second down run, and a third down run. But then occasionally we'll switch it up with the first down run, a second down throw, and then a third down run. Honestly, ever since last season when Shane took over the play calling, I've hated the screens that we go for sometimes. Tying back to the sort of what you said about um, how the handoff wasn't well executed. I was watching the replay of it, and I forget who it was that was lined up at right tackle on that play, but they did not block their man at all. It sort of led to that shaky sort of handoff, which, I mean, at the same time, like, yeah, I can see how there would be an argument, like, okay, rookie quarterback, he hasn't been really under pressure too much that he should be able to make that handoff. But, I mean, I honestly pin a lot of this on the offensive line and not being able to block for their man. I mean, I, I agree. I understand that Balaga and Turner are out, but the first two games of the season, the offensive line was looking not good, but pretty damn solid. In this game, I don't know what the hell I saw. It was it was a terrible blocking effort. Yeah, you know what? Um, just to add to that point, I'll agree to that. And you know, that's that's something that um I wanted to bring up during the game because. Let me, let me throw this stat out to you guys that, that shows how bad the Chargers played offensive line on the offensive line. This, is, this, is, this was an all-around team loss, right? And this, is, and this is why the offensive line failed. The Panthers going into this game had only, I think, two pass uh, pressures on the quarterback. Two this, uh, going into this game. And, and in comparison, meaning they're one of the worst, but in comparison, look at the Steelers, who have one of the best defensive lines and pressures. They have over 70 and we saw this game, Justin Herbert, really get rattled. And there were some sacks going into this game. Um, and I was like, what is going on? You you don't have um, any protection against one of the worst defensive lines out there. So, really, this team did not come to play, in my opinion. No, not at all. Yeah, um, I agree on, on both of you guys' um, points. Offensive line was a little shaky. And um, I've always been on uh, Shankin's head on, uh, on the calling because um, – for instance, that third, was it a 22 or 28, but he just threw a screen out there, and it was not well executed. Um, the blocking at the time, we were driving, but, like, it was just, it didn't feel You're right. talking about the one at the goal line, the screen at the goal line? No, 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 it was like a third and 28. Yeah. Oh. Like this crazy-ass third down, and we threw a screen, and I think he just got to the line of scrimmage. But, um, the, and the pitch off, I think Mike Williams really got, like, he really had a bad game due to the fact that he had a big play called back on, I believe, was holding. He had a couple plays oh, yeah. called back and, on. And pass interference. The, pass interference. Uh, yeah, and then, what was it? Was it a pass yeah, interference? Yeah, it was a pass interference, but it was a terrible call. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah, um, and I feel bad for Mike Williams because I believe he only had, like, one catch this whole game. He could have been um, – he could have caught another one and it would have had a lot more yardage, and I think it would have been a different outcome if he would have caught that ball. Because we've been, yeah, he only had one reception for 17 yards, um, taking away those other catches. He did get hurt, and he didn't come back in the game. 
I think yeah, that's what we really missed missed um, missed them down the end of the stretch too when we needed to stretch the field. Um, we didn't really have that vertical threat. And if that's Mike Williams in the end zone one on one instead of Keenan Allen, I think that that's a touchdown throw from Herbert towards the 100%. end. One hundred percent. Yeah, that was that was tough. It was one on one, and I think it was versus Trey Boston. Right, uh, we also got yeah. the yeah. X Chargers. Right, I was like, well, they ain't that ironic. <laughs> You know, because the Chargers, I know the Chargers burned him. Oh, and the Charger, Char- Charger Twitter also burned um, the Chargers for saying, uh, or they signed Jay Adai. Um, and I think he mm-hmm. was active this game. Uh, he got he got active to the roster, but I don't know if he was playing or not. But I know Charger Twitter torched, torched the Chargers on that one. But overall, man, um, looking at the bad stuff, that Joe Kelly uh, fumble early really stopped the momentum. And then the Justin Herbert, uh, he had two. He did lose one, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. He did. And then the Keenan Allen, they count that as a fumble, but it was all – you know, it was a lateral. Uh, he would have got that. I was talking to Anthony before you got on. That that would have been a touchdown easy because yeah. if you look, they, they got fooled. And I, I can't blame Keenan Allen too much because he was about to get tackled. So I think he just tried to get it out of his hands. So I can't blame him too much. It was a guy then Austin Eckler was too fast for himself. And um, that's what happened there. But I agree on both of your guys' points. You guys pretty much had everything to say. Um, let's move on to what we did like. And what I did like to see, I'll start this off was our playmakers getting involved. And we've been saying this, Lucas, for the last two weeks. We need to see Keenan Allen for 100-plus. We need to see Austin Eckler for 100-plus, and that's what we've seen. Austin Eckler had 100, almost 150 all-purpose yards. Uh, Keenan Allen got targeted 13 times. I'd love to see that. 132 yards. He had 19 targets. Uh, uh, looked like Justin Herbert found his, uh, his favorite guy. Hunter Henry was in there for uh, 50 yards. Um, I think also the biggest problem is that wide receiver three or the third, the third option or the fourth option, you know, Mike Williams, I, we talked about that a little bit. KJ, he only had one reception. Uh, uh, Jalen Guyan had only two receptions. So I think that's another problem that we need to solve pretty quick. If it's not Mike Williams, they got to be KJ Hill or even Joe Reed, but he looks like he's only on special teams. But um, what did you like, Lucas, about this um, offense? Let's just start with offense first. What did you, sure. what did you like? Yeah, I, I agree with the Keenan Allen wide receiver one. I think that Keenan Allen's production is is really consistent now. I think he's a lock-in for having maybe 75 and almost a touchdown every single game, 75 yards and a touchdown. So um, I think that that connection that's going on between him and Herbert is is real and is dangerous. I think that that's maybe his favorite target. And just offensively, there's a lot of good things again. Like there's just so many good things, but it's not translating to a win. And that's just the most frustrating part. Uh, I think that also just let Herbert fly a little bit. Let him do a little bit more damage um, aggressively in the first half. But yeah, I, th- I just think that the Keenan Allen is the biggest bright spot. Jalen Guyton is nice too. We did see KJ Hill, but he had a few drops. And I think that was probably why he got drafted seventh round and showing us why he wasn't a wide receiver three. Um, hopefully Mike will gets back though, but it's nothing new, right? This offense, we know what they can do. This is just, uh, it's just disappointing. I don't know. Anthony. In college, uh, Herbert's favorite target was the side end, Jacob Breeland. And honestly, I'm seeing that translate so well to him and Henry. Like, I think there it was the final drive or one of the final drives in the fourth quarter where he just kept on getting it out there to 86 and the ball placement was perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, Henry's a beast when he's healthy, obviously. Yeah. So it was really nice to see that. Um, kind of like how you were saying, Lucas, they, they need to let Herbert just do more because we've seen that arm that he has and his accuracy has gotten better since college. I'd like to see a lot more deep balls to Mike Williams because if he's healthy, obviously, like we know that Mike can make those catches. Even when he's not healthy, he can make those catches. 
So I think I'd want to see a lot more of that on the offense. But man, I'm so excited for the future of this franchise. I'm very confident that Justin Herbert is going to be the future of this franchise. Mm. Yeah, I'm so I'm so glad you lucked out because a lot of franchises really strike out on their quarterbacks. Like Denver was a pretty much a carousel of quarterbacks. The Browns are still a carousel of quarterbacks. The Jets. So I'm really glad. The Bears. I wasn't, the Bears. I wasn't too um, happy when we first drafted him because I really had faith in Tyrod. I was giving this guy another chance, but now I am on the Herbert hype train. Um, I, I think I'm about to um, uh, buy his jersey. I think that's the first jersey I'm gonna buy in the new uh, the new unis. But um, yeah, Herbert hype man. Like, <laughs> you you see him rookie of the year or or what? What this is your oh. point? So what? Rookie of the year might be a long shot. It depends on if when Tyrod comes back, if they opt in to leave Tyrod as a starter or if they have Herbert as a starter. I think he has a shot. What? But. What do you think? You what? Sorry no, to stop ahead. you. Uh, real quick, Tyrod Taylor, if he's back, obviously you know you don't want. Well, what do you do? You want him to to start, or what do you think Anthony Lynn would do? I want to hear from you, Herbert hype man Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, I love Herbert so much. He's done so much for this team. He's brought in a bunch of energy. At the same time, though, I'm a firm believer that that shouldn't be the correct way for Tyrod to lose his job, like sort of how he has in mm-hmm. the past. I'd say give Tyrod another shot. If he doesn't perform well, Lynn has to sit down and have that talk. I'd say give Tyrod one more shot, and then if anything, if that doesn't really work out well or that doesn't equate to a, to a win, then leave Herbert in. Let him let him learn under the ropes in person rather than him sitting the entire year after he has already two games under his belt. Three, because he's going to be playing in Tampa Bay next week. Right. I think that's a good point. It's not a it's not a set in stone situation, especially like we have to think about everything in context too. Um, everything's moving so fast. It's only week three, right? And nothing. Um, we're barely getting out of September. This is week four. If Herbert loses again, then I think that is all the more argument for Tyrod. Tyrod. I mean, he also cracked his ribs. We learned that he cracked his ribs now in game one. Like that is a that definitely maybe affected those throws that he was having. So. I don't know if we really got an opportunity to see what Tarad could really bring to the table now, honestly. And um, we see, like, I want to bring this up. We saw a lot of pistol formation in week one, and that really went away a lot um, after Herbert went in. I don't know if that was more of not wanting to show what you wanted to really do so your opponent in the Chiefs wouldn't see next week or if it was adjusting because Herbert wasn't in. But now, like, there's two different dynamics that that – that really could be brought and talk about when you have Tarad and Herbert, a pistol formation or more of a single back and um, shotgun formation that you got out of uh, Herbert. So I don't really know what we have in Tarad. And so the way that Anthony Lynn really likes, um, really sticks up for him and knowing what we know now about the injection and the, and the cracked ribs and looking back at it, I could, I could definitely see Tarad coming back in uh, at some point in the season. Yeah, and Anthony, you said give him one more shot, like through the lungs. Or another, <laughs> another no, just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, Anthony Lynn got his back from the get go, and he's sticking to his gun, and he even doubled down um, last week. He said if he's healthy, he's starting. He's doubling down. I think he knows what he's capable of. But maybe um, week one, he wasn't all healthy because a lot of those passes were like out of bounds, overthrown. I was just like, what is he doing? Like at least attempt. I, like I thought he was scared yeah. to throw an interception, but maybe it could have been the crap ribs, the crap rib, cracked. <laughs> ribs sorry i'm a little hungry i'm thinking some ribs um it could have been that so um i think 
Tyrod is when he does come back, whenever that is. I, I don't know the timeline with that. I don't know if it's questionable, doubtful. I, I don't know what the timeline is with that. But I think when he does come back, Anthony Lynn's going to be, what, you know what, ball out. Like, I think they're going to make uh, um, play calling up to him. Not up to him, but they're going to put in his favor so where he could excel. They should, uh, should do that every game. But I think Anthony Lynn really wants him to succeed. And that that's a coach you like. And speaking of the coach, um, we got to talk about his uh, job security because – um, Lucas, we're in that group chat that says it's hashtag Fireland, if I'm not <laughs> yeah. mistaken. Yeah, um, so we got to talk about this. Um, I, see, I, I hate 2020 for a lot of reasons. Another reason is how people are so quick to flip and their opinions are out there. And it's just it changes the narrative like in a second. Back when I was like 13, a quarterback could have three bad years and still have a starting job. Yeah, I know. Has one bad year. <laughs> they want them to fuck out of there. So I'll start with up with you, Lucas. Um, what, what's his yeah, – Obviously, I think his job security is fine. I think he's fine. It's three weeks in. You know, we're one and two. We're versus Tampa Bay next week. What do you think his job security is? You think it's uh, one through ten, ten being fired? Where do you think Ooh. it's at? I think he's at a warm, like a uh, semi-warm four right now. Like it's starting okay. to warm up. The the oven's starting to get preheated. You know, I think that we see like the pattern of the coaches that the Chargers have had um, before him: McCoy, then Norv. Uh, it's it's like a pattern of when these coaches come in, they take over, and then they have like maybe one or two really good seasons, and then the decline just starts happening. I think that maybe Spanos is afraid of that, afraid of seeing history repeat itself again. You know, um, so it's also that. But and then I also want to think about what uh, Daniel Popper said, and Popper is like one of the um, guys that writes for the Athletic, and he's like always asking Anthony Lynn's questions. So he's one of those guys that's really close to this situation. And he actually, he was asked this question and he said that no, Anthony Lynn's job is fine. Whose job is more in jeopardy is Tom Telesco. And I was like, well, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> Tom Telesco, like he, he's been killing it. But so I think if I'm fine with Tom Telesco, I think that means that Anthony Lynn is really fine. I think something drastic has to happen this year for him to lose his job. Um, I think that the Chargers need to be losing really bad for him to lose his job. I think that that, that the pressure, the noise is mostly coming from um, the fans. I don't think that people around the NFL see Lynn as a liability yet. Um, there's something to be proved, though. I think that he has a lot of mistakes or just the feeling, the the feeling, but the relations between the fans and everything is just maybe in a bad state right now. What do you think, Anthony? I'd have to agree with you. I think I think on a scale of zero to ten, ten being the worst, like I think it's a four right now, because I feel like see uh, people seem to kind of mix up the idea of we lost like flat out we lost this game because of the three turnovers, which is something that Lynn has preached since the beginning of the season. Like if you want to win games, you got to minimize turnovers. That's been the story whenever we played the Chiefs these past couple of years. Like we've only we've lost a turnover battle and from that we've lost a lot of games. So, I mean, I don't, I don't pin a lot of what's happening on him. I pin it more so on just players not being able to do what they're supposed to do. But I mean, I cut them some slack too, because obviously no preseason. Um, yeah. That's another thing I always forget about too. Yeah. And kind of like how you were saying, I was, I read that same thing about Telesco and I was surprised because Telesco has been killing it. I, I thought mm. I, I think at least Celesco's one hundred percent been killing it. Getting all the people that we need to get signed signed. He's been pretty good as far as drafting goes these past couple of years. Like he, even that Tillery pick, like I remember last year I was one of those people that was like, Ah right. man, Telesco made a terrible pick. He drafted an injured dude. 
And then year one rolls around and he plays terrible. I'm like, ah, Lynn wasted a first round pick. Not Lynn, uh, Telesco wasted a first round pick. And this year he's 100% proving me wrong. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I I think kind of like you said, barring any like terrible changes, like the Chargers go six and 10 again, I I think Lynn is in a decent position right now. Yeah, I'm going to go even lower than you guys. There's a scale of 0 through 10, 10 being the worst. I think it's at a 2. I think there's no – I don't think he should be worried at all. I think it's just if you look on his um, – if you look on his resume, you just look at his record, it's, it's barely over 500. But if you look at last year and the year before that, it's just – as a, only Charger friends would know, like, oh, it wasn't really Anthony Lynn's fault. It was really, like, injuries or those things where, like, we didn't have a kicker for two years and he was just fucking us <laughs> or, like, it was like those, those, it was just like those circumstances. There wasn't really, he, there's, it's just shit happens. You know, it's, it's kind of like a shit happens resume. If you look on it on paper, like, oh, he, you know, look at this. But really, he, I think he's done a tremendous job. Um, he really shaping the Chargers defense. And that's what also I want to segue into is our defense. Um, I, we praised, I know Hollywood hype man Herbert over there probably <laughs> praised that defense too on how great it was going to be. And it's just not translating. I'm really, I don't know if I should be concerned week three, but uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been throwing interceptions and he didn't throw he didn't throw any this week. So I'm gonna start with Anthony. What what's up with this defense? I mean, is is it Derwin James out? Um, I, I don't I don't know what it is. I want to know you know your guys' opinion. What's up with this defense, man? I really thought it would be good. I'm I'm kind of like getting worried. Are you worried? What what's up? Honestly, I'm not too worried. I'm confident. Okay, so the only problems I've been seeing on defense is that secondary really. Obviously, Derwin being out is going to play a huge factor in it. When uh, Harris got out of the game, obviously, that was going to be a thing. But I was reading before I came on here that uh, Casey Hayward was saying, like, yeah, we got to help out our quarterback more. We got to get those turnovers. Because this defense had so much hype around it coming into the season. But then Derwin went out, and then obviously everyone was sleeping on us. But I, I was one of the people that was like, okay, yeah, we still got this. And I still do think we got this. But week three, and we don't have – turnover on defense like it, it says something when melvin ingram is the only one on our team that has an interception oh yeah but like yeah that, that's actually some bars right there yeah like like defensive line i am not worried about i'm actually so happy about the defensive line i think before last week i'm not too sure i don't think the stats are going to update until after the chiefs and ravens game tonight but the chargers had 52 pressures in two games which is the most in the nfl which yeah pressure wise defensive line wise is tremendous it's the interceptions that does it for me really the 0.0 yeah no besides Melvin Gordon that was kind of like almost yeah you know what that was but secondary wise from the secondary there's there's 0.0 interceptions and they're the jack boys Mm. they're known for being so fierce maybe the Duran James kind of let everyone down um and then Desmond King you know he got a lot more playing time I seen him a lot more but um, I'm sorry to cut you off. With That's not good. I, mean, I just want to say that. Go, go on. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. Well, go I just ahead. want to say that, um, that I mean, part of it is also just a short field that the Panthers just had. Um, you got to take a look at what happened. First, they the first time they score, it's only a six-play drive that takes three minutes. The, but the defense tightens up near the red zone. Second time they have it, it's a seven-play drive for only 29 yards. Right, The first drive only took 37 yards. They get a field goal. Second drive, 29 yards. They get a field goal. Third drive, it's a 10-play drive, 59 yards, takes six minutes off the clock, but the defense tightens up again. So that's this is all in the first quarter. While we turned it over three times in the first with a fumble, um, two fumbles and an interception. So uh, just looking at what the defense was able to do, 
Holden, Holden, the Panthers to one, two, three, four field goals four, in the four. first quarter alone. Uh, what is that? 12 points. That's the difference in the game right there. Just a short field. I know that the defense really tightened up in the second half, and that's because the Chargers were actually able to, instead of fumble the ball, punt it away a few more times and give the defense more room to work with. And I think that that really showed uh, how well that they can play when they have the whole field to work with and they can really open up their playbook. Because, you know, when you're in the red zone, you're only defending so little. You're not you're not drawing these blitzes at all. You're not doing everything you want to do. Um, you're not even able to open up any plays to really cause turnovers when a deep when a team is backed up near their own red zone near the, near their own goal line. So there there needs to be a little bit more uh, understanding for why the defense is giving up 21 points to the Panthers, a Panthers team that has really been able to keep up with a lot of teams um, offensively too. So the fact that there wasn't a lot of touchdowns, like imagine if there was touchdowns instead of field goals that uh, happened in the beginning of that game. So I do want to give a little bit of credit to there. Um, and also, they did give the offense a chance towards the end of the game to do something, too, if there was more time timeouts left. I think that we could get on Anthony Lynn's head for the clock management. Yep. I think that that was really um, the really worst thing that he did in this game. If people want to get on him for anything, it's that for sure, especially the fact that your team had a chance. Your quarterback gave you a chance on a 99-yard drive. That's what he had to do. Are you serious? Like, that, that deserves to be uh, looked at more. That needs to be the argument against Lynn right now is the clock management, I think. And um, that's something that hopefully he could clean up, though. And I think that he will clean up. Yeah, you said you said it right. The clock management was little. Um, every time I see bad clock management, I hop on Madden and, and I do it myself. <laughs> and I'm like, it's that easy. Yeah. It's that easy, guys. Come on. <laughs> but this defense, um, I see Naz, uh, Nazir Adderley. Um, I, I want to talk about him a little bit. He did. He uh, he was injured for a little bit. And I was scared. I was like, great, another one. And then he came back two plays later, and um, he made he made a couple plays, and he was all over the ball. So I like I like I like uh, Nazir Adderley. Just want to put that in. But we're gonna go to uh, we're gonna talk about a preview. Now we're versing, I believe, Tampa Bay, if I'm not mistaken, yes, right? Tampa Bay. And it's Tom Brady, and Tom Brady has a tremendous record against the Chargers. But this is also a different Charger team, and he's also on a different team. So. Anthony, what 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 do you want to see from the Chargers and what we have to stop with Tom Brady and the Buccaneers? Let me hear it. First off, um, I, I said this in the episode of my podcast that uh, we did earlier this week, that if the Chargers' D-line doesn't hold up their end, because they, they gave up some really big plays to Mike Davis, I feel like if the D-line can't hold their yeah. end, then Leonard Fournette and just all those running backs that they have in that backfield are going to kill us. But I, I think we have a really good chance at this game. As long as we eliminate the turnover battle, like as long I think as long as we don't have like three turnovers again, that I think we have a really good shot at winning this game. Um Lucas. Yeah, sorry. Um, well just looking at this Tampa Bay team, I'm I haven't really watched too much. We all know about the firepower that they could do though, and um what they can do on offense, but I want to say that defensively, or sorry, our offensive side of the ball, their defense, um, we have to let Herbert fly. I think that this is the one because going into this past weekend, the Panthers were a really terrible run defense, and they were 32nd upon the position ranking against running backs, meaning the way to win that game was through Austin Eckler. It was through Josh Kelly, and um, getting behind and losing the ball a lot just threw, threw I think, the Chargers off their game plan, and and now you're facing a Tampa Bay defense that is solid against the run. They're, they're one of the top defensive rushing defenses. Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly are not the answer this game. The answer is really opening it up 
So you're going to hope that Mike Williams is healthy. You're going to hope that um, that there's protection going on, that there's no one going to get there. Shaq Barrett is going to be a major concern. Um, we have to look at what's going on health-wise, offensive line. I don't know what's going on with Balaga. He's like in and out every single play. Like half the time he's in the locker room. And then um, so you just got to be more – more smart about what you're calling. Shane Steichen, I think this is a big game for Shane Steichen and um, just making sure Herbert is up, good, quick passes, but also just make sure you're getting these yards because this team gives up a lot of yards through the air, and um, but they're also good at getting the quarterback too and causing interceptions. So this is, this is a game where you have to protect Herbert. I think that's the biggest thing you're going to win this game um, because I think that this offense um, on the Bucks is going to score a little bit. So... Uh, something to worry, something to worry about. You're gonna have to keep keep up with them. Um, I think the defense is gonna get stops because the defense is nice, and I think they will get to Brady. He's not mobile, and um, what we got going on with Bosa. Hopefully, Nwosu could step it up a little bit more too. Get some more blitzes. Uh, but that is really the key to this game. Is gonna be keeping Herbert up, I think, and letting him be comfortable and get something through the air. Yeah. Um. So on paper, they look like they're a good pass defense. Um, but really, they versed the Broncos last week, who they had Jeff Driscoll, and they had to put – I can't remember the, the, the backup of the backup, Ryan Ripon. Or Ripon. <laughs> I don't even he, know. He, he, he was even in there for a second. He threw a pick. So um, And then they, they versed Teddy B. Um, and then before that, they versed Drew Brees. Um, I, think the, I think it's through the air. I think it's going to be a little combination of both. I think we got to really switch things up. Um, I think Herbert should be let loose a little bit more. The secondary has been bad. Um, yeah, only on paper, like I said, it only looked good on paper due to the opponents they're versing. Not Drew Brees so much, but the Broncos. Um, I think they had less than 150 yards to the air. It was just bad. It's the Broncos. I feel bad. It's just bad. Um, but um, Herbert has, I think he, he had 300, 330 yards. We didn't talk about that. And a oh, touchdown. Right. He did have an interception. Um, but that that's just, a, I think it was just a bad read really um he did have a chance i just want to mention this he did have a chance to throw the ball but he actually ran it for a first down it was i think it was a third down too uh he learned his mistake uh week two when he uh he should have ran it instead of throwing an interception he actually did run it so props to him because i was like i swear this month <laughs> yeah i was yelling at my screen at that <laughs> point <pissed. laughs> i was like run! I, was, I was i was i was yelling at my ipad i was in lake havasu this weekend they didn't have the fucking nfl package at a bar so i pulled my ipad out at my resort and I watched it at the bar, and I was yelling. Everyone was looking at me like, what are you yelling at? The TV's not even on. And I was like, this is my iPad right now. <laughs> my iPad right now. Um, but uh, this Buccaneer, I think it's going to be a good game. Um, I think it's going to be kind of a shootout. I think you get Austin Eckler um, through the air more than on the ground. This, this, like you said, this defensive uh, run game is our D is pretty, pretty tough. So I think it's going to go through the air. And I think I can see Herbert surpassing 300. I, I want him to see less interceptions, more touchdowns. Um, I want him to have a multi-touchdown game with no interceptions, but what we need is the interceptions. I mean, uh, Melvin Ingram's the only one that has interception. He's on the IR. New Olsen needs to step up. Also, like you said, Lucas and blitzes. I want to see more blitzes. Risk it. Fuck it. They're going to they're, – Tom Brady's going to throw it, and that dude just throwing dimes still. I don't know how, and I hate to admit it because I fucking hate that guy, but he's still throwing dimes, and um, I think we need to just get to pressure him. We just got to get to him. The offensive line is not the greatest. And um, I think we got to attack Tom Brady and attack the air. Yeah. Um, so go ahead, go ahead. Uh, if I could chime in real quick, um, kind of like how you're saying about the blitzing, I feel yeah, like ahead. Gus can learn from 2018 when we face the Patriots that you should be able to blitz more and to not be in that two-three zone too much anymore. 
because you know what Tom Brady can do and you know he's not bubble. So I, like you said, I really hope to see a lot more pressures and um, Bosa and Nuosu getting to the backfield a lot more. Right. Yeah. If, um, no, I don't go. Not ahead. even that, but all, I mean that also, but at the same time, like if you give Mike Evans some time to go through his route and progression, I don't think there's a, there's a defender on the Chargers team that can guard Mike Evans. Uh, so I think that that is scary in itself. You don't want to allow them to stretch the field. And then also just to your point, David, about Herbert's growth when he ran the ball, he also, um, had some throws to Hunter Henry that he missed on week two that he made last Sunday, this yesterday. So there is growth going on. So I expect him to keep learning. Um, he's pretty much, I think he's hard on himself in a good way. You know, like I think that he really, really does want to make his uh, mistakes be his last mistake every single time he makes it, you know? So when I think, when I think about the mistakes that he made uh, yesterday, the interception if that's if that's it and the fumble, um, feeling the pressure a little bit more, you're gonna need it. Step up in that pocket. He did step it up towards the um. He did show that that ability that he had that step up in the pocket a few times. Let's keep it up because Shaq Barrett is on the other side and this guy's a monster. So um, that is what I want. I want to see improved. Hopefully, we get a little bit more uh, chip blocks. We need Austin Eckler and uh, and Kelly to be hitting them off the edge because that is gonna be a big problem, especially if we don't have Balaga in there. And he's not even that playing that good as far as I thought he would. No, no. Yeah, this whole offensive line needs to step up. And that's been the, the story of the Chargers, really, is the offensive line. So if those guys are healthy, I think we really got a great, a great offensive line. Overall, um, I'm proud of Justin Herbert. Um, I'm obviously a little da- let down. It's the most Charger way to fucking lose. Go down 99 yards and, and fumble the laterals. The most Charger shit ever. I swear to God, man. It just doesn't get better. I mean, but I think it will eventually. Um, just one more point before we – um exit out um you don't give tom brady no. time you look i think i've learned that watching him throughout his whole career i mean he's been playing as much as i've i've been alive pretty much uh don't give this guy time do not give this guy time because he will make a play like that pass he had to oj howard it was on sports center's top 10 thank god sports center's back i was in my hotel and i just have sports center on repeat i've seen the same show like 16 <laughs> times i love it um it was a it was a pass oj howard and it was just a dime it was right over the, the defender's shoulder, right into the pocket of O.J. Howard, and it was just a dime. And I was like, damn, dude, I'm kind of scared because this guy could throw still. So I think we got we to gotta pressure him, and um, I believe in our corners. I know Mike Evans is hard to cover, but um, we're the Jack Boys for a reason. So I, I expect I expect at least an interception, maybe two. Oh, but we got to call this, man. There you go. Gotta... Oh, oh, yeah, let's go with the final score. Um, I don't know mine yet. I'm going to shoot it to Lucas. Wait, because you obviously know this. You know it because you asked for it. So oh. what do you think the <laughs> I actually don't know it. I, I, I don't really know. I think that, dude, Justin Herbert needs his first win. But I don't know if he is going to do it against this Bucks team. I, I'm going to go reverse psychology because I want them to win. But um, Bucks is going to take this maybe. I think that the Bucks win uh, 30 to 20. Why are you going to say something dumb? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I, I am sorry. I mean – I am scared of Shaq Barrett and this offensive line. I, I think it's been the problem since day one. So, um, you know, it's it sucks, dude. It sucks. I think another L. Maybe we'll see Tarad coming in week five. What about you, Anthony? Tell tell, tell me something <laughs> so I can get over Lucas. Right Fourth now. quarter. Only about like 538 left on the clock. Game's tied 14-14. Mm. Chargers march down the field, mm. make a field goal, win the game 17-14. Oh, I like it. Defensive well, match. Are you – that's a that's a pretty precise prediction. A prediction. Yeah. If it if, if it's five minutes and thirty eight seconds left, you're from the <laughs> score, so I could be a millionaire. 
Um, I'm gonna go. I think it's gonna be a little bit more uh, high power than that. I think it's gonna go down. Um, it's gonna be a charger way, but I think we're gonna come out on the positive side of it. I think it's gonna go down to a field goal as well. Mike Michael Badgley, I believe in him, the money badge. Um, I think it's gonna come down to the field goal. It's gonna be uh, 30 to 28. We're gonna march down. It's gonna be 27 28. Herbert gets us in the position, and Michael Badgley kicks it in. I don't I don't have the time. <laughs> the time they're gonna do it. But they're definitely uh, gonna. I think it's gonna come down to a field goal, and Herbert's gonna get his first dub, no interceptions. That secondary is straight ass, and I'll continue to say straight ass for the rest of my life unless they do something about it. But there you have it, Lucas. Where can they find you? Guys, find me on Twitter at SugarFreeLucas. We have our giveaway. It's ending um, this month. So the thirty, I think it's the thirty-first September. I don't know, but I don't know. So you guys better find out and know. Retweet, like, and reply. <laughs> or reply um, to enter the giveaway um, Justin Herbert rookie card and also a $100 NFL gift card shop. And then Anthony, man, where can we find you and uh, plug your podcast? You could find me on Twitter. Uh, my at is Hollywood Herbert type, man. I am. Um, I love Herbert, obviously. So, I mean, I got to support him on Twitter the most I can. Um, on Instagram, I actually run a Chargers fan page. It's chargers.insider. If you guys want to go ahead and follow that. I also do a podcast with my good friend, Nathan. Um, we just started. This is our second week doing it. We come out with episodes on Monday and Friday. Um, Fridays are sort of previewing the game, and Mondays are just sort of talking about the aftermath and looking forward to the next. Find us on Spotify, Anchor. Uh, we're trying to work on iTunes right now. It's called Blitz the Bolt. Um, we're, uh, like I said, we're kind of new to this, so, I mean, it's not the best quality, but, I mean, we have a lot of fun out there, so I'd appreciate it if you guys would check that out. Yeah, we'll we'll put the link in the bio of this, and we'll attach it. We'll attach um, that to the tweet, and then uh, we'll definitely retweet and everything and support you guys because you're you're awesome, dude. Um, Hollywood Herbert, hype man, her, hype man Hollywood Herbert. <laughs> say that three times fast. Um, you can find me, Sports Guy David, on any social media. Literally, just type in Sports Guy David um, anywhere: TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, SoundCloud, MySpace. Uh, Pinterest, PSN, Google, whatever you want. I don't give a fuck. Just, just find me. Um, like you said, we're having a hundred dollar gift card raffle with the Justin Herbert. And you know what, Anthony, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot you a Justin Herbert rookie card because you got to have a Justin Herbert rookie card just for being on the show. I'm getting Herbert rookie <laughs> card. Serious? Yeah, I'm serious, dude. I got, I got a bunch, dude. Uh, I'll let you choose which one you want. Thank you so, so much, dude. Thank you so <laughs> yes. much. Right here, you you can't you can't be a, a Justin Herbert hype man without a Justin Herbert rookie uh, card, and I got a lot of cool ones. Um, so I'm so glad I could get you that, and thank you for coming yeah, on the thanks, show, man. Yeah. You have a lot of good perspectives. I'm definitely gonna check out your podcast. Um, anytime you retweet it, you got to retweet from me. Also, keep on the lookout. I'm having a breast cancer awareness sports guy David gift package. Um, it comes with a shirt, a keychain, a pin. Four stickers, um, and that'll be coming out soon. Price is coming out soon. I'm going to try to have it start in October, but the, I'm emailing the, the, the shirt page. I'm having a little problem. But it's going to be a Sports Guy David's Breast Cancer Awareness Package. And everything I make, um, I'm going to donate to breast cancer. Every single penny of it, straight to breast cancer. It's for the ladies. But there you have it from Sports Guy David, Lucas Reyes, Herbert Hype Man, Hollywood, <laughs> Herbert Hype Man, Herbert Hollywood Guy. Follow on Twitter, but there you go. There you have it. You guys have a Thank you guys. Day. It was such an honor you know. being here.